Shalom, Shalom, peace and blessings to everyone that is listening. Thank you for tuning in. In this session, we will be discussing how the Most High created the heavens and the earth, and we will see if we have been told the truth throughout our time here on so-called planet Earth. Let's get to it. So, what is Earth? According to Genesis 1.10, Earth is dry land. And God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land Earth. So number one, we see Earth was founded upon waters, as stated in Genesis 1.9. Psalms 24 and 2 The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded upon the seas, and established it upon the floods. Psalm 136 and 6 reads, To him that stretched out the earth above the waters, for his mercy endureth forever. Enoch chapter 69 and verse 25, By it has the earth been founded upon the floods. 2nd Ezra 16 and 58 He hath shut the sea in the midst of the waters, and his word hath hanged the earth upon the waters. Number two, earth was made by the Most High. Isaiah 45 verses 11 and 12 Thus said Yahuwah, the Holy One of Israel, and his Maker, Ask me other things to come concerning my sons and concerning the work of my hands. Command ye me, I have made the earth. So the earth didn't just spontaneously occur like the Big Bang Theory says, an explosion happened at the speed of light and blah, 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 blah. We see in the scriptures that Yah created the earth out of the waters, then he formed it by his hands. We are walking, living, and breathing on what he created. Number three, earth was formed by the hands of the Most High. Psalms 95 and 5, the sea is his, and he made it, and his hands form the dry land. Number four, earth is referred to as she in scriptures. Let's go to 2nd Ezra chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. For ask the earth, and she shall tell you that it is she which ought to mourn for the fall of so many that grow upon her. For out of her came all at first, and out of her shall all others come. And behold, they walk almost all in destruction, and a multitude of them is utterly rooted out. Second Ezra 10 and 14. The earth also have given her fruit, namely man, ever since the beginning, unto him that made her. Psalm 67 and verse 6. Then shall the earth yield her increase. Number 5. Medicine comes from the earth. Sirach or Ecclesiasticus, chapter 38, verses 4 and 5. Yahuwah have created medicines out of the earth, and he that is wise will not abhor them. Was not the water made sweet with wood, that the virtue thereof might be known? 
Jubilees chapter 12, verses 10, 12, and 13. And one of us, the angels, he, Yahuwah, commanded that we teach Noah all their medicines. For he knew that they would not walk in uprightness, nor strive in righteousness. And we explained to Noah all the medicines of their diseases, together with their seductions, how he might heal them with the herbs of the earth. And Noah wrote down all things in a book, as we instructed him concerning every kind of medicine. The pharmaceutical industry is the source of medicine today. Using natural remedies to heal the body is looked down upon, but that's because we've been brainwashed and indoctrinated to rely and believe in our healthcare systems, our healthcare providers, and big pharma. There is no healing in pharmaceutical drugs. The medications only pacify the symptoms, never get into the root cause of the disease while causing more diseases and ailments from taking the medication prescribed for the initial disease. We can thank the Rockefellers for the pharmaceutical industry. John Rockefeller had traditional medicine removed from the medical schools and discredited natural and homeopathic medicines. You can also thank John for our educational system. He funds the General Education Board. He once said, I don't want a nation of thinkers. I want a nation of workers. As a result, people don't believe in natural medicine, and our schooling has taught us what to think. And I'm sure many of us see that. People don't think. They just do. They don't do research. They won't read a book. They just don't. They make money off of our sicknesses and our ignorance due to their indoctrination of how we are to think about this earth that they have corrupted. Truly, the earth is given into the hands of the wicked. Number six, we came from the earth and we will return back to earth. Genesis 2 and 7. And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. Ecclesiastes 12 and 7. Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit shall return to God who gave it. Number 7. The earth has a place within her called Sheol. Sheol is Hebrew, and Hades is the Greek translation of Sheol. Strong's Concordance H7585 says that Sheol is the underworld, the world of the dead. Luke 16 gives us a picture of Sheol. So Sheol has two compartments. You have one side of comfort, Abraham's bosom, and then the other side is of torments. And they're separated by a gulf or a chasm. So in Luke 16, to summarize it, Lazarus and the rich man died. Lazarus went to the side of comfort, which is Abraham's bosom. The rich man woke up in torments and in flames. Second Ezra chapter 7, verses 78 through 99. 
Now concerning death, the teaching is, when the divisive decree has gone forth from the Most High, that a man should die, as the Spirit leaves the body to return again to him who gave it. That sounds like Ecclesiastes 12 and 7. First of all, it adores the glory of the Most High. And if it is one of those who have shown scorn and have not guarded or kept the way of the Most High, and who have despised his Torah, and have hated those who fear God, such spirits shall not enter into habitations, but shall immediately wander about in torments, ever grieving and sad in seven ways. Now, I encourage you to read all of chapter 7 of 2nd Ezra. Read the whole book of 2nd Ezra. It has a lot of of what we are living now. It's a lot of prophecy in that book. Now, a lot of these verses in this chapter were taken out of the original Apocrypha, out of the 1611. Just Google it, you should be able to find it. But it talks about the decree from the Most High for a person, for a person's death, right? And the journey that that spirit goes on before they reach Sheol. If you live a lawless life, you go on a different tour than those who live a righteous life. These verses were taken out of Second Esdras to create doctrines so they can interpret the scriptures how they want to. This is why you have everybody going to heaven and, and, and nobody is going to hell. Everybody just righteous who dying these days. I mean, Man Man and Pookie them, they done killed a whole city of folks. But it's R.I.P. and they up in, up in heaven. Anyway, so if... If they would take the apocryphal books out of the Bible, have you ever thought that they they have taken chapters or reduced chapters in the Bible too? Because this is exactly what happened in 2nd Ezra 7. They take certain books out. They take certain verses out. They mistranslate certain things in the scripture so that they can create doctrines. So they can interpret scriptures how they want to. And it's amazing to me, especially in Christianity, you have to really sit down and think about things that you were taught. Because we weren't taught the truth. I'm sorry, but we weren't. Um, Let's go to Jubilees chapter 7, verse 29. And there shall not be left any man that eats blood, or that sheds the blood of man on the earth. Nor shall there be left to him any seed or descendants living under heaven. For into Sheol shall they go, and into the place of condemnation shall they descend, and unto darkness of the deep shall they all be removed by violent death. Jubilees 22 and 2 And as for all the worshippers of idols, and the profane, there shall be no hope for them in the land of the living, and there shall be no remembrance of them on the earth, for they shall descend into Sheol, and to the place of condemnation shall they go. Enoch 55 and 12 In those days shall the mouth of Sheol be opened, into which they shall be emerged. Sheol shall destroy and swallow up sinners 
from the face of the elect. Mm-mm. Enoch 63 verses 10 through 14 talks about the wicked rulers of the earth and when they die. It reads, in the day of our suffering, and these are the, the, the rulers that are talking, in the day of our suffering and of our trouble, he will not save us, neither shall we find rest. We confess that our Lord, or our Adonai, is faithful in all his works, and in his judgments, and in his righteousness. In his judgment, he pays no respect to persons, and we must depart from his presence on account of our deeds. All our sins are truly without number. Then shall they say to themselves, Our souls are satiated with the instruments of crimes. But that prevents us not from descending to the flaming womb of Sheol. Psalm 16 and 10. For thou wilt not leave my soul in Sheol. Enoch 51 and verse 1 reads, In those days shall the earth deliver up from her womb, and Sheol deliver up from hers that which is received. And destruction shall restore that which it owes. In this verse, we see that it is talking about the grave and the underworld. So within Sheol, there is a place called Tartarus. It is the lowest part of Sheol, a place of total darkness. Only the watchers or the fallen angels that cohabitated with women are in Tartarus. You can read about that in Genesis 6, and you can read about it in um, Enoch. Enoch chapter 10, verse 15. It says that the Most High tells Michael, the archangel, to bind up the angels underneath the earth till the day of judgment. 2 Peter 2 and 4. For if God spare not the angels that sin, but cast them down to hell and deliver them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. So again, the translators purposely mistranslated hell in the scriptures. So if you go to Strong's Concordance, G5020, hell in 2 Peter 2 and 4 is transliterated to Tartarus. The deepest abyss of Sheol. Let's go to Jude 6. And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, meaning their own dwelling place, their home, which was in heaven. He have reserved in everlasting chains unto darkness until the judgment of the great day. 2 Baruch 56 verses 10 through 13. Baruch was given a vision and the angel Ramiel, I'm pretty sure I'm not pronouncing that name right, but it reads this, verse 10, for he became a danger to his own soul, even to the angels became he a danger. For moreover, at that time when he was created, meaning Adam, they, the angels, enjoyed liberty and some of them descended and mingled with the women 
And then those who did so were tormented in chains. Number eight. Earth is the Most High's footstool. Isaiah 66 and 1. Thus saith Yahuwah, The heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Enoch 84 and 3. From generation to generation shall your dominion exist, and the heavens are your throne forever, and all the earth is your footstool forever and ever. So, a footstool is flat top, and a footstool has support underneath it. So, let's talk about the foundations and the pillars that support the earth. So, the earth was set upon foundations and pillars. Let's go to Psalms 102 and 25, and it reads, Of old you laid the foundation of the earth. And the heavens are the work of your hands. The Most High measured the foundations. Job 38 verses 4 and 5. So this in, in this um, chapter, the Most High is questioning Job because Job, you know, he was feeling himself. He thought he knew a little bit of everything, but the Most High had to check him. So verse 4, it reads, Where were you? When I lay the foundations of the earth, declare it if you have understanding. Who has made the measures thereof if you know? Or who has stretched out the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? And who laid the cornerstone thereof when all the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? In these verses, we see that the Most High measured and laid the foundation and the cornerstone of the earth. Let's go to 1 Samuel 2 and 8. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and he hath set the world upon them. Psalm 75 and 3. The earth and all its inhabitants are dissolved. I set up the pillars firmly. Job 9 and 6, which shaketh the earth out of her place, and the pillars thereof tremble. Isaiah 48 and 12, hearken unto me, O Jacob and Israel, my called. I am he, I am the first, I also am the last. My hand have laid the foundation of the earth. Here are more precepts for foundations of the earth. Zechariah 12 and 1, Proverbs 8 and 29, and Hebrews 1 and 10. Number three, the foundations of the earth are covered by water and cannot be moved. Psalms 104 and 5 reads, Who laid the foundations of the earth that it should not be moved forever? Thou covered it with the deep, meaning the waters, as with a garment. So he covered the foundations as it was covered with clothing. Like you cover yourself with clothing, he covered the foundations with the water. Let's go to Psalms 93 and 1. The Most High reigneth, he is clothed with majesty. The 
Most High is clothed with strength, wherewith he hath girded himself. The world also is established, that it cannot be moved. Let's think about this for a minute. Where on the heliocentric model, or any of the images NASA produces, do you see Earth resting? Is Earth resting on something? All I see is a ball in the middle of space floating, supposedly going 66,600 miles per hour around the sun. Because 666 isn't suspicious at all, right? Yeah. The devil is always in the details when it comes to deception. Like, that's his thing. He deceives. And he does a good job at it. You know, he, he really does. The earth, a.k.a. dry land, does not spin. The only time the earth moves is during an earthquake. I read an article last month about a 7.0 earthquake that hit the Philippines. And the guy that was uh, uh, recalling the earthquake, he said that the earth swung back and forth like a swing and it it shook so hard he thought the earth was going to open up now riddle me this how can we feel the earth shake during an earthquake but we're going 66,000 some miles an hour and we don't feel that how that work or am I I missing something because that don't add up in my mind I'm sorry but it doesn't but I know a lot of people believe that but to each his own So, how are we spinning and don't feel it? How are we spinning that fast and we don't feel it? But we can feel when the earth is shaking. How that work? How how is that? If the earth is spinning so fast, how are airplanes able to land on runways? Like, make it make sense. The the math ain't mathing. Something not adding up. And, and again, how how is the earth spinning and the oceans aren't spinning too? Shouldn't the water be moving too? Shouldn't the water be going from like east to west? But I see them going back and forth. Shouldn't they be moving? They Shouldn't they have a circular motion to them too? I'll wait. Let's continue. The foundations of the earth cannot be searched out. Why is this important? Let's go to Jeremiah 31 and verse 37. One of my favorite chapters in the Bible. Let's go to it. Thus saith Yahuwah, if heaven above can be measured and the foundations of the earth searched out beneath, I will also cut off the seed of Israel for all they have done, saith the Lord. This is why Paul said in Romans 11 and 1, Have God cast away his people? God forbid. The children of Israel will always be his chosen people. We are in covenant with him. The old covenant and the new covenant is with the children of Israel. This lets us know. This verse lets us know that the Most High is faithful. So let's move on to the firmament. 
aka heaven. Hmm. Genesis 1 and 8. And God called the firmament heaven. What is a firmament? According to Webster's Dictionary of 1828, it is the sky or heavens, the great arch over our heads. This is why the rainbow is arched, because it's the shape of the firmament. The purpose of the firmament was to separate the waters. So we have water above our heads. I know a lot of people don't believe that, but Psalms 148 and 4 reads, Praise him, ye heavens of heavens, and ye waters that be above the heavens. We read in Genesis chapter 1, verse 6. And let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. Isaiah 40 and 12 tells us that the Most High measured out the waters in his hand. Who have measured the waters in the hollow of the palm of his hand. So the waters underneath are oceans and seas. Let's talk about our oceans for a minute. So when the Most High separated the waters, he gave the waters down here decrees. And we're going to read about those in the scriptures real quick. We'll see what decree he gave them. So Job chapter 26, verse 10. He have compassed the waters with bounds until the day and night come to an end. Compass means to encircle. He encircled the waters. That was, that's a boundary. Psalms 104.9, starting at verse 6. The waters stood above the mountains. At thy rebuke they fled. At the voice of your thunder, they hasted away. They go up by the mountains. They go down by the valleys into the place which you have founded for them. You have set a bound that they may not pass over, that they not turn again to cover the earth. Jeremiah 5 and 22 reads, Fear ye not me, saith the Lord? Will you not tremble at my presence? which have placed the sand for the bound of the sea by a perpetual decree that it cannot pass. And though the waves thereof toss themselves, yet they cannot prevail. Though they roar, yet they cannot pass over it. Now, I see a lot of people online in comment sections, and they claim to be believers, but it seems like they want to make the most high out to be a lie. He said that he would never flood the entire earth again. Not that he won't ever flood a city or a state with war. That's a big difference. It it never fails when there's like a catastrophic flood or something. Somebody in the comment section, oh, I thought God said he wasn't going to flood the earth again. That's what he said. That's not the whole earth. That's just a portion of it. A small fragment of the earth. Another precept would be um, Proverbs 8 and 29. So let's get back to the firmament. Scripture says that the firmament is the work of his hands. Psalms 19 and verse 1. 
the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. The heavens are a work of his hands. This is the only work that was done on the second day of creation, the firmament. Let's go to Psalms 102 and 25. And it reads, Of old you have laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. Another precept would be um, Psalms chapter 8. The firmament is strong. Job 37 and verse 18 reads, Has thou with him spread out the sky, which is strong as a molten looking glass? What is a molten looking glass? So molten means made of steel. A looking glass, the definition says, a glass that reflects the form of a person that looks into it. A mirror. So this, we know this to be true. Think about it. Think about how sometimes you see a double rainbow in the sky. It's because it's reflecting off of the firmament. Like a mirror, right? The sky was spread out. We're going to look at some precepts on that. Let's go to Psalms 104 and 2. And it reads, Who stretched out the heavens like a curtain. Hmm. Second Ezra 16 and 59 reads, He spread out the heavens like a vault. Upon the waters have he founded it. Isaiah 40 and 22. And I read the latter portion of that verse. It says, Stretch it out the heavens as a curtain and spread them out as a tent to dwell in. That's amazing to me. So, number three, the firmament or heaven will depart when the sixth seal is broken. We can read that in Revelation 6 and 14. It says, And the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together. Number four, the firmament has windows called the windows of heaven. Genesis 7 and 11. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the same day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up and the windows of heaven were opened. Number five, there are receptacles or storehouses in the heavens for snow, rain, hail, wind, and clouds. Job 38 and 22 reads, Have you entered into the treasures of the snow, or have you seen the treasures of hell? Treasures are storehouses. The book of Enoch, chapter 72 through 75, go into detail about these storehouses. I recommend reading the whole book of Enoch. It's a great read and it aligns with scripture. It should have been in the Bible. Let's continue on. Number six, there is more than one heaven. The scripture says that there are heavens. Genesis 2 and 1. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. 
and I'm give some precept for heavens that you can um, read on your own time. Psalms 148 and 4, Deuteronomy 10 and 14, Deuteronomy 32 and 1, and 1 Chronicles 16 and 26. We know per the scriptures that Paul went to the third heaven. And we'll read that real quick. 2 Corinthians 12, chapter 2. It says, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell or whether out of the body I cannot tell. God knoweth. Such an one caught up to the third heaven. Now, some people believe that there's only three heavens. Some believe that there are seven. I believe there are seven heavens, but we know for sure that there are three. I recommend reading The Ascension of um, Isaiah. It's one of my favorite books. Eat the meat, spit out the bones. I'm pretty sure man has tempered with it as they tamper with everything else. But it's definitely a good read. Let's go to Ezekiel chapter 1. And we'll start at verse 1. And it came to pass in the 30th year, in the fourth month, and in the fifth day of the month, as I was among the captives by the river Shabar, that the heavens were open, and I saw visions of God. Ezekiel said the heavens were open. We'll go down to verse 22. And the likeness of the firmament upon the heads of the living creature was the color of terrible crystal. If you look up terrible crystal, it'll say frost, ice, or ice crystals. Stretch forth over their heads. And let's go down to verse 26. And above the firmament that was over their heads was the likeness of a throne as the appearance of sapphire stone. And upon the likeness of the throne was the likeness as the appearance of a man above upon it. We see the heavens were opened. And there was a firmament above the living creature's heads and the Most High sitting on the throne. My question is, which heaven was this? Was it the second heaven? Was it the third heaven that um, Paul went to? Was it the sixth heaven? Was it the fifth heaven? I don't know. This lets us know there is more than one firmament. I mean, we see our natural sky, right? We see that firmament. But there's a firmament on top of that firmament. And there's another one on top of that one. Just think about that. Just as we read earlier about the foundations of the earth can't be searched out. The heavens can't be searched out or measured either. Let's read Jeremiah 31 and 37 again. Thus said the Lord, If heaven above can be measured, and the foundations of the earth searched out beneath, I will also cast off all the seed of Israel for all they have done. Thus said the Lord. The Most High in all his wisdom made it so that man, the powers that be, they cannot measure the heavens and they can't go that far down in the ocean either that's why they haven't discovered all of it they can't go that far down he made it that way 
we truly serve an awesome God. The Most High is amazing. Some more precepts on the firmament. You can read um, Isaiah 40 and chapter 12, Isaiah 42 and 5, Isaiah 44 and 24, Psalms 150 and 1, Zechariah 12 and 1, and Job 9 and 8. So let's talk about the luminaries now. The luminaries are the sun, moon, and stars. The luminaries serve three purposes, to give light, and to distinguish from night and day for signs and festivals and number three to know the beginning of months and years let's read Genesis 1 and 14 and God said let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs seasons and for days and years so let's talk about the sun first the sun is masculine. Whenever you read about the sun in scriptures, it says it is referred to as he. So we know that the sun is the greater light that rules the day. We also know that the sun rises in the east and sets in the west. Ecclesiastes 1 and 5. The sun also ariseth, and the sun goeth down, and hasteth to his place where he arose. So let's think about it. If the sun rises and sets, and we have seen in the scriptures that the earth is stationary, what is NASA and all these scientists talking about? Please tell me, how, how is earth going around the sun? Well, we clearly see each day the sun rising in the east, going over our heads and setting in the west. Again, have we been deceived so much so that we don't even we don't even trust what our eyes see? Or are we so brainwashed and indoctrinated we don't give it a second thought? The sun enters into gates on the east and on the west when it sets. So Enoch 72 and verse 2. It reads this is the first law of the luminaries. The sun and the light arrive at the gates of heaven, which are on the east and on the west of it, at the western gates of heaven. If you read Enoch 7, 72, the sun goes through a different gate each month with the exception of two months of the year where it rises from the same gate. We can tell time by the sun. Remember the ancients used sundials back in the day? Before we had watches and whatnot? We are to work during the day, meaning daylight. Messiah said that there are 12 hours in a day. Let's read that real quick. John 11 and 9. Yahushua answered, are there not 12 hours in a day? Psalm 104 and 23 reads, Man goeth forth unto his work and to his labor unto the evening. So, until the sun goes down, we are to work. We are to work while there is light. And when there is no light, we should be resting. 
But we've been led to believe that there are 24 hours in a day. So it results in we work day shift and we work night shift. We working day and night. If I can be 100 with y'all, I am so tired of this system. I really am. I am so tired of working to pay bills when I spend more time at my job than I do at home. I'm working to pay bills at home when I'm at my job more. So the new year starts after the spring equinox. This is when the sun has completed his circuit for the whole year over earth. Psalms 19 verses 4 through 6. Their line is gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them have he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of the heaven and his circuit unto the ends of it. And there is nothing here from the heat thereof. Let's go to Exodus 12 and 2. This month shall be unto you the beginning of months, and it shall be the first month of the year to you. So this verse is talking about Passover. We know that the Passover occurs during the spring. A new year starts in the spring, not in the dead of winter in January. In Enoch chapter 72 verses 9 through 12, it tells how the sun enters into the fourth gate in the first month of the year. Again, each month the sun goes through a gate until it completes a full year and returns back to the fourth gate, signifying a new year. Let's read 1 Esdras 4 and verse 34. O ye men, are not women strong? Great is the earth, high is the heaven. Swift is the sun in his course, for he compassed the heavens round about and fetches his course again to his own place in one day. So, let me get this straight. So, earth is rotating on its axis at a thousand something miles per hour. And this is the reason why they say that the sun shines in different latitudes during certain times of the year. The scriptures determine that is a lie. The truth is, the sun rises and sets in different gates or portals in different months and travels a certain path in the sky. Again, read chapter um, 72 of Enoch to learn more about the orders of the sun. And also, just start paying attention um, during the different seasons. You will see in the summer, the winter, the fall, the spring, the sun rises at different locations on the east, and it sets in different locations on the west. You'll be amazed, like if all of the most high creations, they have an order to follow just as we do, just as we're supposed to follow, his, his laws, his instructions, the luminaries, the sun, the moon, the stars, they have to do that too. The sun is used for signs. We know in the days of Joshua, the sun stood still. Let's read it. Joshua 10 verses 12 through 14. 
Then spake Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, Son, stand thou still upon Gibeon, and you moon in the valley of Ajalon. The sun stood still, and the moon stayed until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. Is not this written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood in the midst of heaven and hastened not to go down the whole day. Let's go to the book of Jasher. Chapter 88, verses 63 through 65. And it reads, And when they were smiting, the day was declining towards evening. And Joshua said in the sight of all the people, Son, stand thou still upon Gibeon, and thou moon in the valley of Ajalon, until the nation shall avenge itself upon its enemies. And the Lord hearkened unto the voice of Joshua, and the sun stood still in the midst of the heavens, and it stood still six and thirty moments. And the moon also stood still, and hasted not to go down a whole day. And there was no day like it, before it or after it, that the Lord hearkened unto the voice of a man, for the Lord fought for Israel. The sun was used as a sign for King Hezekiah's healing. It went back 10 degrees, right? Isaiah 38, verses 7 and 8. And it reads, And this shall be a sign unto you, from the Lord, that the Lord would do this thing that he has spoken. Behold, I will bring again the shadow of the degrees, which is gone down in the sundial of Ahaz, 10 degrees backwards. So the sun returned 10 degrees, by which degrees it was gone down. You can also read this account in 2 Kings chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. Another example the sun was darkened by Jacob. He prayed to the Most High for deliverance from their enemies, which were um, the king of the Canaanites and the Amorites. The kings were intimidated by Simeon and Levi because they had slaughtered that whole town on behalf of their sister being raped by the king. And we can read this account in the book of Jasher, chapter 37 and 17. And it says, And when Jacob ceased praying to the Lord, the earth shook out of its place, and the sun darkened, and all these kings were terrified, and a great consternation seized them. We can also read in scripture where the sun went down at noon. Amos chapter 8, verse 9. And it shall come to pass in that day, saith Yahuwah, that I will cause the sun to go down at noon, and I will darken the earth in the clear day. This was fulfilled in Mark 15 and 33, and Matthew 27 and 45, when Messiah was hanging on the cross. More precepts of the sun used as a sign. You can read Job 2 and 31, Matthew 24 and 29, and Revelation 6 and 12. The sun also has names. You can read that in Enoch 78 and verse 1. So let's talk about the moon. The moon is feminine in nature. It is the light for the night. Psalm 104 and 19 reads, He appointed the moon for seasons. Now, seasons in this verse 
is referring to the feast days, the appointed times the Most High gave his people to observe. You can find that in the Strong's Concordance, H4150. The moon is used to identify a new month. So a new moon equals a new month. The moon also, it rises and sets in gates like the sun does. That's in Enoch 72 as well. Let's go to Sirach 43 verses 6 through 8. And it says, He made the moon also to serve in her season for a declaration of times and a sign of the world. For the moon is the sign of feast, a light that decreaseth in her perfection. The month is called after her name, increasing wonderfully in her changing, being an instrument of the armies above, shining in the firmament of heaven. Mm. So we read that the moon is also used for signs. The moon stood still. We read that in Joshua and um, Habakkuk chapter 3 and verse 11. And the moon also has names. And that's in Enoch chapter 78 and verse 2. Let's talk about the stars. So the stars give light and they speak knowledge. Psalms 19 and 3 says, Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. By the stars, Benjamin discovered Joseph was his brother when his brothers brought him to Egypt during the famine. So let's go to the book of Jasher and read a little bit of that. Jasher chapter 53 verses 18 through 22 and it reads, And he ordered them to bring before him his map of the stars, whereby Joseph knew all the times. And Joseph said unto Benjamin, I have heard that the Hebrews are acquainted with all wisdom. Do you know anything of this? And Benjamin said, Your servant is knowing also in all the knowledge which my father taught me. And Joseph said unto Benjamin, Look now at this instrument and understand where your brother Joseph is in Egypt who you said went down to Egypt. Verse 20. And Benjamin beheld the instrument with the map of the stars of heaven. And he was wise and looked therein to know where his brother was. And Benjamin divided the whole land of Egypt into four divisions. And he found that he was sitting upon the throne before him was his brother Joseph. And Benjamin wondered greatly and when Joseph saw that his brother Benjamin was so astonished, he said unto Benjamin, What have you seen, and why are you astonished? Verse 21. And Benjamin said unto Joseph, I can see by this that Joseph my brother sitteth here with me upon the throne. And Joseph said unto him, I am Joseph, your brother. Reveal not this thing unto your brethren. Behold, I will send you with them when they go, and I will command them to be brought back again into the city, and I will take you away from them. Verse 22. And if they dare their lives and fight for thee, then shall I know that they have repented of what they did to me, and I will make myself known to them. And if they forsake thee when I take you, then shall you remain with me, and I will wrangle with them, and they shall go away. 
and I will not become known to them. All the stars have a name. Psalms 147 and 4. He telleth the number of the stars. He calleth them all by their names. Enoch 43 and 1. I beheld another splendor, the stars of heaven. I observed that he called them all by their respective names, and that they heard. In a righteous balance, I saw that he weighed out with their light the amplitude of their places, and the day of their appearance, and their conversion. Splendor produced splendor, and their conversion was into the number of the angels and of the faithful. Enoch 69 verses 29 and 30 reads, By this oath, the stars complete their progress, and when their names are called, they return an answer forever and ever. We know uh, Wormwood is the name of a star. Let's go to Revelation chapter 8 and verse 10, and it reads, The third angel sounded, And there fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp, and it fell upon the third part of the rivers, and upon the fountains of water. Verse 11, And the name of the star is called Wormwood, and the third part of the waters became Wormwood, and many men died of the waters, because they were made bitter. We also know that the wise men uh, used the stars when they were looking for Messiah. And you can read that in Matthew chapter 2. Let's talk about planets. Are they real? Are they really in outer space? Does outer space really exist? So far, we learned that the firmament is strong as a molten looking glass. It's strong. It's, it's like metal. What rocket getting through metal? And then, on top of that, we know that on the other side of the firmament is water. So, um, we, we, we've been sold lies. If you do your research, I forget the astronaut's name. I think his name is Buzz or something like that. But he, he confessed to a little girl. He never went to space. And then you can Google some YouTube videos these astronauts, these people at NASA were in a pool. They, they, they do this stuff underwater and they have harnesses connected to them so they're floating or whatever. It's, it's a Hollywood studio. Let me get back to the script. So planets, let's see what the scriptures say about them. We'll go to Jude and we'll read verse 13. It says, Raging waves of the sea foaming out of their shame wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever wandering stars if you look up that word wandering wandering in the Strong's Concordance it's G4107 and it says uh, the transliteration is Palantes P-L-A-N-E-T-E-S and it means a rover, a planet. Then if you go to G4108, it's Planos. And, it's, and it says that it means an imposter, 
a misleader, a deceiver. So these wandering stars transgress the commandments of the Most High. Like I stated earlier, everything that the Most High created, he gave commandments to. And as always, when you transgress his commandments, there's consequences for it. Now, we know that stars were created to give light in the night, right? So apparently these stars didn't do that. But you tell me how they landed on that. How can you land on a planet and we just discovered that planets are stars? How can you land on a star? And come to think about it, they always told us the sun was a star. And the sun is a light. The moon is a light. These are lights. And I don't believe they went to the moon. How is it? Y'all went to the moon back in the 60s. But now y'all talking about y'all don't have the technology to go back today. How? How, Sway? How? This is the age of technology. If now, y'all should be flying first class to the moon. But y'all don't have the technology for it anymore. Man, please. It's, it's the deceit for me. It's the lies for me. They, they haven't been to the moon or any other planet. The only space that I see is the space between Earth and the top of and the, and the top of that firmament. They haven't gotten out this firmament. It's all deceit. And, and side note, I saw this 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 video a while back. You know when they were going to to Mars and stuff earlier this year and last year. What they showed as Mars looked like the exact same thing that was in that's in Greenland. It's as if Greenland is Mars, because nine times out of ten it is. But let, let's 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 continue on. So my last point that I want to talk about is the throne of the Most High. We all know, we've all heard since we were little children that the Most High is looking down on us. The the Most High is above us, as the old folks say. God sits high and He looks low. Scriptures confirm this. Let's search the scriptures. Enoch 84 and 3. From generation to generation shall your dominion exist. All the heavens are your throne forever. And all the earth your footstool forever and ever. Psalm 103 and 19 reads, The Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. Isaiah 40 and 22. It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth. Psalms 29 and 10. The Lord sitteth upon the flood, meaning the waters. Yea, the Lord sitteth king forever. Amos 9 and verse 6. It is he that buildeth his stories. His stories meaning his chamber, his home, his throne in the heaven. And have founded his troop in the earth. He that calleth for the waters of the sea and pour them out upon the face of the earth. The Lord is his name. 
Let's go to Ezekiel chapter 10 and let's read verse 1. Then I looked and behold, in the firmament that was above the head of the cherubim, there appeared over them as it were a sapphire stone and the appearance of the likeness of a throne. So, we see that this firmament is over the heads of the cherubim. We read um, in Ezekiel earlier that the living creatures, I think I think those creatures were the, the will within the will, I believe. Um, don't quote me on that. But it's a different set of angels that was in Ezekiel chapter 1. But in Ezekiel 10, we see that there's a firmament over the cherubim, right? And we know that the Most High sits in between cherubims. You can read that in um, Exodus 25 and 19, 1 Samuel 4 and 4, 2 Samuel 2 and 6, Psalms 80 and verse 1, Psalms 99 and verse 1, and Isaiah 37 and 16. So I ask again, which heaven is this? Is it the second heaven? Is it the third heaven? Is it the fourth heaven? Which heaven is it? I don't know. It's amazing that Ezekiel said he saw the heavens open. I'll give you some more precepts on the throne of um, the Most High. Psalm 104 and 3, Deuteronomy 26 and 15, Ezekiel 1 and 26, Job 22 verses 12 through 14, Psalms 2 and 4, um, Psalms 11 and 4, and Habakkuk 2 and 20. Now that we are at the end of this discussion, do you believe that NASA's depiction of the earth are real? How is the earth floating in space and going around the sun? But space is pitch black, but the sun is so bright. The math ain't mathing. Things aren't adding up. We see the sun go over our heads every day. They want us to believe that the earth is going around the sun. We truly live in an antichrist world. We live in a world that's against our creator. The powers that be work for Satan to do his will. NASA wants you to believe that the Most High is million galaxies away. But the reality is, he's literally right above us, looking down, observing all that we do on a day-to-day -day basis. Our Creator looks down on us every day. Nothing is hid from him. You can't hide from him. Night and day are both alike to him. You can't outsmart him. The Most High is all-knowing. He knew man would deceive the world, but the beauty of it is the truth cannot be hidden. The most high is truth. You can't hide the creator. He's in his creation. The Bible says his truth endures through all generations. The most high by wisdom 
designed and measured the world we live in. He created this world for us to know Him. If there was ever a time to get to know the Most High, it would be right now. And all praises to the Most High. This this wicked Babylonian system is crumbling. Our exodus is nigh. But if there was ever a time to get in the Word, the time is now. We truly need to get in His Word like never before. We need His Word so that we won't be deceived by our adversaries. I hope this session was edifying to you. I hope you see what a mighty God we serve and how we have the privilege to know him. He's amazing and none can compare to him. People say that it doesn't matter what the earth looks like, but the truth matters because the most high is truth. If truth didn't matter, they would not have given us lies to believe. So, I beseech thee to read and study for yourself. Do what 2 Timothy 2 and 15 says. And as always, take these things to the Most High. Until next time, Shalom.